trust you've been as blessed. Amen. <laughs> the rain of the Holy Spirit to come down on us tonight. Amen. Been so blessed to be here this last few days, and I don't know about you, but the worship and everything has just been so awesome. As God just is starting to move amongst us, I'm really so excited for what God is about to do in our lives. So it's a great privilege and an honor for me to stand here tonight before you. And I trust that tonight you'll be blessed, as I was blessed in the worship. But I trust that God will bless you with a word as well this evening, as we come around God's word. And this evening I'd like you to turn your Bibles with me to the book of Esther. Esther chapter 5. And I'm just going to start off by reading two verses, just the first two verses of Esther chapter 5. But we'll be looking a little bit more in Esther tonight. Esther chapter 5. Give you a few moments. You'd just like to turn there in your Bibles. It's just after Second Chronicles, Nehemiah, and then we get Esther in chapter 5. Now it happened on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace across from the king's house, while the king sat on his royal throne in the royal house, facing the entrance of the house. And so it was when the king, queen, king saw Queen Esther standing in the court that she found favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand, and then Esther went near and touched the top of the scepter. I just pray, Lord Jesus, tonight that as we come to deliver your word, Lord, that you would just place your hand upon us now. And that you would come and overshadow, Lord, as we just come to deliver these words you've laid upon our hearts in such a way that, Lord, everyone will hear what you're saying to each one of us individually. Lord, even if it's not the words that come out of my, house, my mouth, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that it'll be the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking into the hearts of your, ch your children, Lord. So we pray, Heavenly Father, that you be with us tonight, and that your hand be upon us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Esther had a very important message that she was to bring before the king. But in order for her to bring this message to the king, she had to approach the king. And Esther knew full well that approaching the king without being invited would mean certain death. That was the law. That's the way it was. But Esther had to deliver an urgent message to the king. And she knew that in order for her to deliver this message, she had to find favor with the king. And so she took the step of faith to come towards the king and seek favor. You see, Esther believed was a purpose and a mission in her life. And she believed that she was in the kingdom for a time such as this. And this is the title of my message tonight. Who knows whether you and I have come into the kingdom for a time such as this. And for Esther, she was aware that she was put there for a time such as this. You see, Esther's name was in grave trouble. They were in grave danger. They were about to be annihilated. 
And if she stood by and did nothing, they would have perished. And she would have perished with them. And we find that in Esther 4, verses 13 and 14. And this is what it says. He says, this is what Mordecai, her uncle, sang to her. Do not think in your heart that you will escape the king's palace any more than all the Jews. For if you remain completely silent on this time, relief and deliverance will arise from the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. You see, Esther had a destination in her life. Esther had a calling in her life. And she knew she was at the right place at the right time. But before she could do anything, Esther had to deliver her message and plea towards the king. And she needed to find favor in the king's eyes so that he would reach out his golden scepter to her and accept her approach the throne. But you see, Esther knew how to find favor with the king. You see, a year or two earlier, Esther, along with a lot of other ladies, were rounded up by the king's men, and they were taken into the king's palace, and they were all prepared. Over a long time, about a year's time, they were prepared to one day face the king in one meeting where the king would meet them face to face and decide who would be the queen. And so these ladies had a long time to prepare and Esther along with all the others had gone through this preparation of beautification and oils and perfumes throughout the entire year to get ready for that one day when they would face the king. But Esther found favor right at the beginning. Because the Bible tells us in, 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 in Esther 2 verse 9 that she found favor with the Enoch. Hegai was his name. And he was the chief Enoch who was uh, assigned to, to look and preside over these ladies and look after her, their well-being for the king. But somehow she found favor with this Enoch, the head Enoch. And the Bible says that she was given extra above, above what her portion was. So what the other ladies got, she got a little bit more because somehow she had found favor. Now I think you can imagine for yourself that Esther probably wasn't in the position she probably dreamed to be. I don't think this was the dream job she had probably focused on. I don't think she imagined as a young girl that this is where she's going to end up one day with a whole bunch of other ladies in the king's harem preparing herself to meet the king and not knowing what's going to happen after that. She might not even live. But somehow Esther had the right and positive attitude in such a way that immediately she found favor with those who had authority over her. And they gave her preference. And this speaks to me often. We are in situations where we grumble. Lord, why do I end up in this position? Why have you put me in this job? Why have you put me in this place? Lord, have you seen this neighbor of mine? Have you seen this new boy? Have you seen how crazy? Why am I in this situation? Lord, please move me on. And if you can't move me on, please move them. And that's often the situation we find ourselves in. And we start looking at the situation and we grumble because we don't like the weather. We don't like this. We don't like that. Think. It's not my job. It's not the one that I want. It's not the one that I was hoping for and dreaming for. But here I am. 
But Esther, Esther somehow in her heart knew that she was where God wanted to be because she had a relationship with her heavenly father and she loved him. And wherever he put to put, him, put her, she was happy and she would give her best for her Lord and her Savior. It's so easy for us to ask God to deliver us from these difficult situations. But Esther didn't do this. Esther had a positive attitude and so, so she found favor with those who were looking after her. And so as the time approached for these girls to get ready for their appointment with the king, of who we would go through and, 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 and see them and look at them and then decide who was going to be the queen. And as the days got by and the, 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 the ladies started to prepare. And the Bible tells us here in Esther that what happened was that they were given basically anything they wanted. What was in the royal household, all the jewelry that you can imagine, all the perfumes, all the oils, everything was put to their disposal and it was told them you can use whatever you like. Now I mean when I read this I thought, man that can be scary. Imagine that. Imagine putting the lady in the royal palace here in Buckingham Palace or taking them down to, where, where is it, the Tower of London where they have all the jewels and opening it up and saying, ladies, help yourself. I don't want to be around when that happens. Imagine the choices they had to make. Wow, this necklace, that one. Maybe all of them, it doesn't matter. And you've got, there's no restriction was put on them. So they could adorn themselves in everything they wanted. I mean, you can imagine in front of the world. Uh, I mean, I, I'm glad I wasn't there at that time. But they certainly went to a lot of trouble to make themselves look beautiful because no one wanted to be rejected by the king. They wanted to be the one whom the king beheld and said, this is my queen. So they went to a lot of trouble and they probably put the best of the best of, 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 of ornaments and, 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 and diamond necklaces, I don't know what they had in those times, and, and the sweetest perfume you can imagine, put around their necks. Some of them might have been you know, struggling to walk out of there under the weight of all the stuff they had to carry. But they had one purpose in their life. They wanted to try and be the one that the king chose. And one by one they went in, took their... Their, their choice of whatever they want, and the jewelry and the expensive stuff, and they went in for their appointment with a king. And then came Esther's turn. But Esther didn't do that. You see, Esther didn't go to the mirror and take the nice, expensive, or beautiful diamond necklace that suited her so perfectly and stood in front of the mirror and said, Oh, it looks absolutely so divine. She didn't go and, 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 and choose a bottle of perfume and said, this smells absolutely wonderful. She did none of that. What Esther did, she went to the chief eunuch and said to her, what is the king like? She asked, what is it that the king likes? And he told her, you know what? This and this and this is what the king likes. And she says, that's what I'll wear. That's what I have. And the Bible says immediately she found favor in everyone's sight. And she went into the king. And the Bible says in Esther chapter 2. Now when the turn came for Esther. This is chapter 2 verse 15. Now when the turn came for Esther, the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai who had taken her as, as his daughter, to go to the king. She requested nothing but what Haggai, the king's Enoch, the custodian of the woman, advised. And Esther obtained favor 
in the sight of all who saw her. And the king loved Esther more than all the other women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the other virgins. Royal crown upon her head and made her queen. You see, Esther found favor with the king because she didn't look at what she wanted or what she thought was good. But Esther said, what is it that pleases my king? Just with us, it is like that. If we want to approach our heavenly Father, and we want to enter the throne room of God, we want to receive favor from our King. And when we approach Him, we want Him to stretch His hand out towards us and touch us so that we can come into His presence. But for us to find favor with our King, to do what pleases our God. We need to do what is good and pleasing in His sight. You see, years ago, under the Old Covenant, it was a very difficult thing to come into the presence of Almighty God. It was so difficult, and there was a whole process and protocol that had to go to it. Not anyone could do it. It was only the priests that could go into the Holy of Holies. And it was so precise what they had to do to come into the presence of God that the priest would have, probably know, a rope tied around him and he had bells on his garment. And they would listen outside with the rope tied around him. If long as the bells were ringing, the priest was fine. If the bells stopped ringing, he was dead. That's how it was. He didn't meet the requirements that God had set. You see, in Esther's case, she knew that if she got it wrong, she would be dead as well. That was the law. That's the way it was. For Esther, it was Haggai, the chief eunuch, who told her what it is that the king liked, what it is that pleased the king. But you know what? We have a greater privilege than Esther ever had. For we have someone who has gone ahead of us and made the way open for us to come to our King. And His name is Jesus. And when we approach our Heavenly Father, the throne room of Almighty God, there's no danger. There's no risk that we will be struck down. Because He's already struck His Son. Did Esther still fear the king? Yes, she did. She did. She says in herself, in, in Esther 4 verse 11, when Mordecai asked her that she should approach the king, she said this in Esther 4 verse 11, she says, All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that any man or woman that goes into the inner court of the king who has not been called, he has but one law. They shall be put to death. Except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to the king in these 30 days. Esther knew the price that she had to pay. But Esther knew I was in the kingdom for a time such as this. 
And she was there to represent her nation. And although she feared the king and knew that he could strike her dead, she still went boldness before that throne of his because she knew she'd find favor with her king. And you see, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 12 verse 19, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us, through the, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of our God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Having boldness to come through the blood of Jesus Christ. Does that mean that we can just go to the throne of God and not fear the king and not fear God? Esther still feared the king, although she knew in her heart that she pleased the king, but she still knew what the rules were, and she still knew what she had to do to please the king. God tells us in his word, Psalm 111 verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 1 verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs 9 verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It is good to fear God. If we don't fear God, how will we fear sin? If we fear God the way he is and realize who he is, the holy God, we will not sin willfully. But if we have no fear for God, then sin is easy to commit. But if we fear God, the holy God who He is, we will think twice about sinning in our lives. But Esther had to prepare. Esther had to prepare before she could have her time with the king. She knew that there were things she had to do before she could approach the king. I mean, just think of this. If, if, if we were invited, I don't know if any one of you have been invited to the royal family. I mean, you know, I think maybe the last time I was invited, I was too busy to go. You know, I did something else. But I'm sure if you're invited to, to, to the Queen's Palace and to Buckingham Palace, you're not just going to pitch up like I'm looking now and say, Morning, ma'am, how are you doing? Hope you're well. Had a good day. Oh, lovely garden, you know. Oh, nice little doggies. What are they? You know. No. Before we approach even the Queen of England, we will be told what the protocol is before we approach her. We will be told what the proper attire is for you to wear before you approach her. I was in, a, in my previous job back in South Africa. I used to host certain people. And at one stage, I had the vice president of, I think, the Republic of China, whatever they call him, vice chairman, I think it is. He came over there, and he spent time with us. And we had to go through a whole sort of course of protocol. I wasn't allowed to wear a yellow shirt or a yellow tie because it's offensive to him. I was told what to wear. I was told when I speak to him, I do not speak to him directly, but I speak to the interpreter sitting next to him. I do not look him in the eye. All this scary stuff. There's a protocol that we face when we face royal people. We don't just go up to them and just say, Howdy, ma'am. How are you doing? And it was the same for Esther. She had to prepare. But somehow... 
we think that it's okay because he said we can boldly enter the throne of God that we can just jump up and shout to God and tell him what he's supposed to do to sort out the mess in our lives or the mess in our country. I often shudder if I hear and see the way that people sometimes call upon God in the holies of holies. I realize He is a holy God. Nothing has ever changed. He's just as holy as He was the day the priests would enter the holy of holies and if they got it wrong, they died. God hasn't got less holy. He's just opened a way for us to approach Him because He was so holy that there was really no other way to get to Him except through the blood Jesus Christ. And He made the way for us to do that. And so just as Esther had to find favor with the king or she would pay with her life, God wants us to find favor with Him. And we need to say, what is it, my Lord, that will please you? What is it that you want from me that I will find favor in your sight? You see, when Esther came prepared, the first thing we read was that Esther put on the right attire. The Bible says that Esther put on her royal garments. That's the first thing. What do we wear? Now, we're not talking about this. Esther put on her royal garments before she went to the king. You know, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 61 verse 10, it says this. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in God, for He has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride dawns herself with jewels. You see, we put on the garments of salvation, and He gives us a cloak. Of righteousness. And just as Esther put on the royal robes, we put on a garment of salvation. That's the blood of Jesus Christ. And then we put on our cloak of righteousness. That's His righteousness that He works through us. Esther feared the king, but she still had the courage and the boldness to approach him because she knew that she pleased the king. Esther spent a long time in being cleansed before she approached the king. And when she came to him, it was according to the way that he desired. And that's what we do with our God. You know, the Bible says, and we've talked it a few times, and I believe it's something the Lord has just laid upon all of us. We don't discuss what we talk, John and Dion and myself. We don't even, Alan, we don't discuss what we talk about. But it's just somehow there's a theme that's coming through. And one of the things is pride. You see, the Bible says in, in James chapter 4, which Dion read the first night as well, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament, mourn, and weep, and let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. The first thing, if you want to approach the king, if you want to approach Almighty God, is there can be zero pride, nothing. John mentioned it this morning. If you come with an inch of pride, 
God will resist you. And as Dio mentioned, it is an act of resisting. He will block you. He will come against you when we stand in pride. And in Esther, we saw not a shred of pride. In Esther, we saw the humbleness to come into the situation that she was, to accept it, and to accept that I'm in the kingdom for a time such as this. And I want to know what pleases the king so that I can do what pleases him. And not only saved Esther's life, but it saved the nation of Israel because she pleased the king. You see, the Bible tells us in Hebrew chapter 10, verse 19, which I read, that it is through the blood of Jesus Christ that we can enter into his presence. But you see, we must understand that when we come into His presence through the blood of Jesus Christ, it is the blood that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That's how we get our garment of salvation, and that's how we get the cloak of righteousness, through His blood. Right? That's easy. We understand that as Christians. We receive that when we're born again, right? That's one of the most beautiful things when you're born again as you realize, I'm changed and transformed from a sinner into a new man, which Alan talked about this afternoon, the two men. The two use. We transform from one into another. Something happens which changes our lives. Now I don't know about you, but I can remember when I was born again. I was a young man. I was in the army of all places. And you know, they did a terrible thing. They made us, on, in the army, they made us once a week. We had to go to church. And you know, in the army, that's not the greatest of thing. But we actually loved it. Because it was so boring that it was our favorite time to fall asleep. Because you had to be up at 3 o'clock in the morning. And so, of course, when it comes 10 o'clock in the morning, chapel service on a Wednesday was an absolute blessing because this padre or whatever they called him, father, whatever he was, he would just drone on and his voice was sweet to the ear because it put you out in the flesh. And it was lovely. And I remember going into that chapel so exhausted and my colleagues on my left and right, the fellow soldiers, they, they fell over like they'd been shot with a machine gun as he started to preach. But something happened that day. He got up there, was a young man standing in front. And he says, guys, I'm sorry, but the regular guy, he, he couldn't come. So they've asked me to come. And he says, all, all I'm going to tell you is what's happened in my life. And he started to testify about his life and how Jesus Christ came into him. And he told, them, told us about his life. And I listened to this guy and said, he's talking about me. Everything he said was me, was me, was me. I just couldn't fall asleep. And that day, I realized God had sent that young man to that place. And I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I remember walking out that door, I couldn't speak to the guy because I was broken. Because I realized who I was. But he changed me without me doing anything. He changed me just like that. And he gave me a new life. I remember walking out that door, looking outside, and everything looked different. I looked at my colleagues who would sneer and snigger at me, and I had a love for them. I cannot explain. Everything looked different because he changed me. You see, his blood had cleansed me from all my unrighteousness. But you know, the sad thing is, Years go by, and that newness wears off. That first love somehow wears off. 
and we become good Christians. And we go to church and we sing and we worship Him. And then we sin and we say, sorry, Lord. And then we go on and we sin, we do wrong, we say, sorry, Lord. But never again do we think of sin as that day when He touched our lives the first time. Because it's that day that you realize the price that He paid on the cross of Calvary. When he 2,000 years ago was nailed to that cross, he was beaten, he was mocked, and he was scorned. Remember, the, the Bible tells us that it's by his blood we can boldly enter the throne. But sometimes I think we forget the value of the blood of Jesus Christ. He didn't just go for a little pinprick and put his blood down. He paid it all. He was mocked, beaten, and scorned. He had a thorn of crowns thrust into his head. All that he could turn around and say, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. And the first time I become a child of God, I realized what cost it was to save myself. But the problem is, as the years go on, I tend to forget. And I just say, sorry, Lord. And I think if we can just remember that day and remember what Jesus said, when he said, Father, forgive them. What he went through, we might think twice before we sin so willfully. You see, when we come through that blood to come to our Heavenly Father, we realize the price of that blood. And then we also realize that it's not the question of forgiveness. Look, forgive me for I've sinned. The Lord tells us in Matthew 5, 21, you know the story well, where he says, if you have anything against your brother, or you are aware that your brother has anything against you, and you bring your gift to the altar, he says, you leave your gift at the altar, and first go your way to the brother, and sort it out, and be reconciled with him. You see, we're so easy to say, sorry, Lord, I've done so and so against my brother. Or sorry, Lord, I see that brother's offended because of me. Or that sister's offended because of me. I'm sorry, Lord. And we forget to apologize to each other. We forget to put it right. We need to get our priorities straight. Here we are going to the King of Kings, God Almighty, and telling Him we're sorry about them. And Jesus is saying, forget it. Forget it. Don't even give your, your gift right now. Just lay it down and first go sort it out. You see, God will not draw near to us unless we come to Him and please Him and do what is good and right in His eyes. And James chapter 4 tells us that we must cleanse our hands, you sinners, when we come to Him to draw near to Him. Cleanse our hands, you sinners. Psalm 24, verse 3, 3 and 4 says this, Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in His holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. These are the requirements that estimate. These are the requirements that estimate. And she found favor with the king. And if we want to find favor with our king, 
we want to find favor with Almighty God, then we need to come dressed in the right garments with our robe of salvation and our cloak of righteousness put on, with our hands washed clean, with our issues sorted out, with our brothers and sisters, with clean hands and with a pure heart, we will find favor with our King. You see, Esther's nation was in great trouble. They were in imminent danger. It was a crisis. But Esther knew that she was in the kingdom for a time such as this. And that is why she approached the king. And the first thing that Esther did before she approached the king, she fasted and prayed. Esther 4 verse 16 says, she talks to them and she says, Go gather all the Jews who are present in Susham and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast alike. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. You see, when we approach the king, when we approach Almighty God, as Alan mentioned this morning, when our flesh approaches God, the old man approaches God, it's normally what I want. Lord, will you do this for me? Will you get me out of this situation? Will you give me a better job? Will you do this? Will you do that? Will you do this? But when the spirit man, when the new person, the new creature that we are in Christ Jesus, when he truly prays to God, have your way. Have your way. Your will be done. And if I perish, I perish. It doesn't matter. As long as I please you. Esther's nation was in deep trouble. And she needed to approach the king. I want to tell you today, this nation is in deep trouble. Who knows if we are not in the kingdom for a time such as this. Is God not calling you and me and every one of us to approach His throne for our nation? I believe God gave us experience many years ago. I was still in South Africa, 2006. I've never known much about this country except what I learned in history, and I wasn't very good at history. I assure you that. I didn't really listen. I came to this nation for reasons outside of anything else except job. I just had to come and do some work here. And when I left this country after spending a few days here in London, not knowing, I mean, I didn't know anything about the place. I just knew there was a, I thought England was London. There was nothing else but London. Surprised to find there were other places. But I left and that was it. I was so glad to get home. And when I got home, I thought, thank you, Lord, I'm back home. But after three weeks, the Lord started to speak to me and show me this nation. He revealed to me things that I never knew about this country because I didn't care. But He showed me this nation and the people of this nation. And He said, will you go? And I said, yes, Lord, I will go. But how? I don't know. I don't have an army, Lord. The Lord said, will you go? Three times he asked me, will you go to this country? I said, yes, Lord, I will go, but I don't have an army. 
And he said, you have three sons. He's one of them. But the Lord showed me something. That this nation is so precious to him that he sees this nation as the prodigal son. And he showed me that this nation that he loves so dearly, who he entrusted the gospel to spread it throughout the world, has turned away just like the prodigal son and has gone off to please the world. And we know that there is probably not a nation on this earth that doesn't have its Christianity based on what was taught to them by people coming from this nation. And somehow God just spoke to me and showed me that I want this nation back, just like the prodigal son. And I'm standing and I'm looking and waiting for them to turn. And I believe we're at that point. I believe we're at that point, and I believe God is saying to each and every one of us, are you willing to be an Esther? Are you willing to say, yes, Lord, I am here for a time such as this. And I'm willing to approach the throne of Almighty God for my nation. And if I perish, I perish. For I know you've put me here for a time such as this. I don't know about you, but I've got hope for this nation. I believe God's going to touch this nation once again. I do believe it with my whole heart. That's why we're here. We didn't know what was going to happen. We just came in faith. And, you know, God works in mysterious ways. Dion was looking for a job at Asda and everywhere. And there he is a pastor today of a church. As God has weaved and woven his will in our lives. But it's something to do with this nation. And I believe this time we're in here tonight is significant for each and every one of us. For we are here as a time such as this. But the Bible says this, and we know the scripture so well. We quote it so often when we pray for our nation. It's 2 Chronicles 14. If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. But again, if my people call by my name, that's you and me. That's not the government. That's not Boris Johnson. That's not whoever is there. It's my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek exactly what Esther did. What is it my king wants? What is it my Lord and my God expects of me so that I can please him and through the blood of Jesus Christ washed all my sins, I can boldly go to his throne in humbleness and if I perish, I perish. But Lord, we bring this nation before you. I'm just going to stop right there. And I'm going to pray now for this nation. I want you to join me. And I know John and the others that can help us in worship, we're going to go into a little bit more time of worship just to quieten our hearts before the Lord. I'm going to start off and I'm going to pray for this nation. I want you to join me to pray for this nation. Because I really believe that 
It's time. This nation is in crossroads, and I know that I know that God is not finished with this nation. So we're going to come, worship a little bit, and we're going to pray. I'm going to pray now for the nation as, as, as the team comes up and they're going to lead us in worship. And we're going to first of all pray for the nation. But then we're also going to pray for each other. And uh, Dion and the others with me here tonight, we want to pray with you. If there's things you want us to pray for in your life, which you know is hindering you from approaching the throne of Almighty God, like Esther did, let's put it right. Let's put it right. For who knows if we're not brought into the kingdom for a time such as this. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for the beautiful example you gave us in your scripture of Esther, your lovely daughter, Lord, who so wanted to please you and please the king that she did whatever was required of her without grumbling or complaining. She just did what pleased the king. And our Lord and our Heavenly Father, we know that as, as individuals and as a church and as your body on this earth, we fail you, Lord. We so often fail you and disappoint you, Lord. And we don't please you. But it is our desire to please you tonight, Lord. Show us, Heavenly Father, what it is you want us to do. What it is you want us to repent of. What it is you want us to shake off our lives. So that we can please you, our Heavenly Father. So Lord, we come to you tonight, Lord, as Esther came to you those many years ago and pleaded for the nation of Israel, we come tonight and plead for the nation of the United Kingdom of Great Britain, Lord. A nation that once re re stretched all over the earth where the sun never set down on the United Kingdom of Great Britain. A nation you have judged throughout the ages and struck it down to a very small piece of land. Because of many reasons, one of them, because they have forsaken their promise on Israel and others. But Lord, we come and we stand in the gap tonight and we plead one more time for this nation, Lord. Will you have grace and mercy upon us, Lord? We pray, Jesus, will you pour out your Spirit upon this nation once again, Lord? And Lord, we say tonight, start with us, Lord. Pour out your Spirit upon us that we can ignite it with the holy fire of God to preach the who do not know you, Lord. Lord, we cannot wait for the government. We cannot wait for other churches. We cannot wait for other Christians. We say tonight, Lord, we gathered in the name of Jesus Christ and we ask you, Lord, pour out your Spirit upon us one more time. So, Lord, we thank you and praise you for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just quieten our hearts and praise and worship. Thank you, Lord.